All right, folks, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Curious Cats podcast with me, Ricky Spears and Chris Wharton. In today's episode, we're welcoming Vicky Anstey. Vicky has recently been on Channel 4's TV show, SAS Who Dares Wins, uh, a reality series where ex-SAS soldiers take a bunch of civilians through the Special Forces selection process the first time they've ever allowed women on the show, which coincides with the MOD announcing that women can now apply to all areas of the armed forces and the special forces. So that sparked some interesting conversations and it was good to see women going through the process now alongside men. Um, and kudos to Vicky. Thanks again, Vicky, for coming on, for sharing your story. I've always wanted to talk to someone that's been on the show and get their get their thoughts behind what it's like being on the show um vicky as you'd imagine is in very good shape you'd have to be to make it as far as she did on the show she's got her own bar studio and business in richmond where she teaches classes there and also where we recorded this podcast sitting on the first time i've ever recorded the podcast sitting on the floor with yoga blocks propping up our mics that was cool because um, she's obviously not got any seats in the studio because what you're doing sitting down is supposed to be working out. Um, so yeah, please enjoy. Vicky Anstey. I've, I've yeah, been a, always wanted to talk to someone that had been on, been on the show. Oh, have you? Um, yeah, then when, um, when Jen said that he was on the have show. Have you watched every series? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I've been obsessed with it. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know what it is. There's something about it. About SAS and action. Yeah, have you watched the series? Oh, yeah, are yeah. we recording? Are we live? We are, but yeah, we are. Yeah. We're not. We yeah. are, but yeah. always. Um, had you watched it before? Yeah, I've watched every series. Yeah, yeah. but I, do, I mean, you know, you just obviously it's always just been men participating. So I, yeah. I, I don't think I ever watched of it. Of course, it yeah. wasn't even an option before. No, well, let's no. get into that. Can you just pull that to you a bit? Yeah, to there. Yeah, so the closer the better, really. But okay. Whatever's comfortable. Is that all right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I certainly didn't watch it with a notion of thinking, oh my God, I wonder if I could do that. Um, just loved watching it. It's, it's one of the best things on TV. I could do isn't that, though. Did you not? Um, I, I mean, obviously, there were aspects of it that massively appealed to me. Um, you know, I've done a lot of military style training, boot camp training um, over the last 12 years. So, yeah, there were certainly aspects of it that I thought you know, oh, I could do that, or oh, I'd love to do that, but yeah. um, I certainly didn't put myself in the frame. <laughs> yeah. Um, how did you, how did you even hear about it? Like, what, take um, us back to like the point yeah, where Yeah, so I, I'd seen on, I was following Ant Middleton on Instagram and I saw on his um, Instagram feed that women were going to be allowed to participate. So I like screen grabbed that and then put a comment on it and posted it on my stories to just kind of say fantastic that women are now allowed to participate like can't wait to, to watch it kind of thing and then quite a lot of my friends and people who train me um train you or train with train you? me right. um you know pts and stuff yeah. that i've trained with in the past were saying like well so are you gonna <laughs> sign up and i was like no i hadn't even honestly thought about it right um, and then I couldn't get it out of my head. And once I get an idea in my head, I'm like, I've got to do this now. I can't stop thinking about it. And I just, the faith that, that particularly, um, a, you know, PT that I work with 
um, still now and uh, several times a week trains me. He's a, an ex-professional rugby player and trains the likes of Rio Ferdinand and Kirsty Gallagher and stuff. And, you know, he he really thought I could do it. And you had a chat to him about it. Yeah, and I just, you know, he said, like, I, I don't know that I've ever really met anyone who can do the diversity of stuff that you can do and has got, like, the endurance capacity. And I'm not super strong, but I'm, you know, I'm really quite gritty and I just never give up. Mm. And, and he said, you know, you, you could do it. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm not mucking around here. You could do, actually do So do you it, do, so. Um, like, endurance training as well for... For, for fun also or did you then incorporate that when you realised you were going to do it um, yeah I mean I changed my training a bit um, so I mean you have to like fill out this massive long application form so I did that and sent it off and then just thought nothing of it that's know. the first, first that's the first step, step. Right. and then and then I got an email back from them to say you've been invited to go for a physical assessment and so the criteria for this so I had to go up to Newcastle to do that and honestly at the time I was thinking well if all I have to do is pay 100 quid for a train ticket to get up to Newcastle to be able to say that I have done entry-level SAS selection training. I'll do it. Like, I'd pay for that, just yeah, for the yeah, crack, yeah. just to say, like, yeah, yeah. you know, I've passed entry-level yeah. kind of um, army training, if you like. So, um, so still, I was, like, only looking at it you know, five metres in front of me at that point. And um, so I had to do that. And we had to do uh, 50 sit-ups in two minutes, 44 press-ups in two minutes. We had to do a bleep test to a minimum of, I think, 10.2. Um, is that, ha- I don't really know. What, how, um, I think, I think, I think that is the equivalent of a mile in like seven and a half minutes or something I think you can re- you can make it kind right, of okay. an yeah, equivalent to that, that back, but it's yeah. not quite yeah. the same thing because you're running for longer but then okay, you know yeah. you're speeding up you're not always running at a really fast pace but you are towards the end and then it's just a question of how long you can kind did, of hang did on did they but. let you do so I assume you're doing that as gr- in groups you're not just doing it on your own yeah we did it like I think there were like four or five of you running at the same time right and do they let you just keep cracking on until you... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And there were some guys who got to, like, level 16 on it, yeah. which is insane. Um, I think I got to about 11 or something, and I just thought I'm going to conserve my a bit of my engine for the other stuff that I had to do. We had to do, like, a jerry can um, farmer's walk. Walk, yeah, farmer's walk with jerry can, 220 kilo jerry cans for two minutes solid. So it wasn't about covering a distance as quickly as you could. You had to maintain the posture and the grip for yeah. that amount of time. And was then it, was, what sort of space was it? Was there loads of people doing it? Um, yeah, it was in a school. Other? It was in like a secondary school in Jesmond in Newcastle. Right. So they just like took over the gymnasium and there were like, you know, military army guys there leading the process. None, and they, of, the, none of the cast from this no, show were there? No. no, although I did meet one of the um, participants who ended up going Oh, did you? Going then, who yeah. was that? Um, Rick. So number 18 is the barrister. And I mean, we're now really good friends. We got quite close when we were on the show because his bed was next to mine. So, you know, you kind of, you get, you get to know the people who you're immediately kind of surrounded by. And, uh, and we stayed in touch a lot. I mean, the whole group stayed in touch ever since we, we finished. But, um, but yeah, so that's weird because I've got a photo of having left and actually I failed on the press ups. So I only got, oh, God, how many did I get? Like 37 press-ups in the end in two minutes? I'm terrible at press-ups. 
and um but they were so so strict like it had to be chest to fist on the floor you know and feet together and they discount you know there'd be like a no rep situation it's military personnel yeah and they were and they were pretty brutal they were quite quite unpleasant (laughs) (laughs) so but you know the experience was absolutely amazing um and you know i just kind of came away thinking i mean they interviewed me anyway which i thought was a bit weird um and did everyone get interviewed no um and and then yeah and like i left just thinking well i'm like you know seven press-ups away from military selection so that'll do me thanks that uh, that was been it's been a great day out and i've met some wicked people and um and like that sense of like solidarity just that i get from doing british military fitness was there instantly everyone had each other's back everyone was like trying to encourage each other and stuff so it was a really fun like fun day to be completely honest and then and then i thought nothing of it and i just thought well that's that and it's done and stuff and then um yeah and then i got a call back and they said can you redo the press-ups and um so i was actually training at the time with um mel dean who trains me at richmond rugby club and they agreed that if he filmed it like they spoke to him on the phone this is this is the criteria this is how it has to be done kind of thing and and agreed that if he filmed it then we could submit it so i didn't have to kind of go anywhere to go and do it and so we did, we did that and i'd already done a training session with him just then so i was it was like completely like spur of the moment thing and um so i did it and full of adrenaline like i have to get this like this is you know the difference between making it and not making it and um and we filmed it and i thought i'd done it and then we counted back on the video and i'd done 43 instead of 44. Uh. i was like shit like and i'm such a perfectionist as well i was like I'm, i've got to do it again like <laughs> you know i can't submit that yeah. it's one short and um <laughs> he said to me there is no way that you've got anything left now to do more this time second time around than the first time around so i went and had an espresso that'll do it and came back and I was just, but that's who, that's how my body works. Like I, uh, when I get to the end of the session, I've almost got more energy and more to give than at the start of it. You know, I just, I kind of don't stop. Yeah. And so I did 44 press ups with like six seconds to spare or something on the second take. And, um, and then it just like took off from there. So obviously I could submitted that. And then I actually went and did a, um, a challenge called the strive challenge which is run by the branson family oh yeah which is like it's really cool they do i just did one leg of it one week of it but they basically sort of start from a point in europe and use manpower only to get to another to get to different places right and then they kind of pick up the next year they do it they pick up from the place that they finished off and kind of carry on raise lots of money for a really good cause so i was doing like this week in sardinia which was 400 kilometers cycling and 30 kilometers sea kayak around Sardinia it was amazing and so I came back from that and added like a postcard a, a post office card waiting for me at home and wasn't expecting anything so I think I left it about a week or something and then I went and picked that up finally and I got to the post office there's these two massive boxes I was like well, I don't know what on earth this is unpacked them and there were two pairs of um, military boots and a compass and like a navigation manual and some other stuff like oh yeah a training program for four weeks right. i had two weeks oh. 
and because um, you'd left the, the post there for a week yeah and that. and like they were so last minute I mean I actually didn't find out that I was definitely going until the week before right. I mean what did they not call you yeah they were yeah they were calling and they were doing interviews and stuff and they were I also had to go for what's called a CPET test which is like a um, Harley Street clinic where you go and you're like rigged up for um, ECG and, and stuff, you do VO2 yeah. max and they test for any underlying heart conditions that kind of stuff so I had to do so I was doing all this stuff for them and psych tests and stuff they take your bloods um, no they didn't take bloods actually um, but yeah I had to go and meet a psychologist and be interviewed mm. by them and complete lots of like psych tests you know written tests that where you have to kind of give your immediate response to like 150 different random questions and um, so I was doing all of that, but I still didn't have like confirm a guarantee right, yeah, confirmation yeah. that it was going to happen. Yeah. Um, so yeah, like in the end, I had a week notice, and then I was off to um, Heathrow Airport, and I didn't know where I was going. Oh shit! Really? At this point, are you do, are you with anyone else? Like, are any of the other contestants? No. Like, are you well, at the airport with other people, or are you uh, just on your own. Well, um, no, completely on my own. Um, weirdly. Um, one of the other participants had come to Richmond Park BMF and done a session like back in the summer and because I, I mean I've, I've been going to BMF for 12 years and it's quite a tight community so obviously they all knew that I was applying and and this guy showed up and um, everyone was like who's this new guy who's this new guy so they, they, a couple of people were chatting to him and he said that he was applying for SAS Who Dares Wins so this kind of turned into like Chinese whispers where then someone came up to me and said, there's a guy from the SAS here, Vicky. No. And I was like, oh my God, he's come to like check me out. Like, this is savage. Like they really do their homework. And um, which was really funny because, so I met him and I chatted to him and I was kind of skeptical and thinking, who is this guy? And then, um, I mean, really he was yes. fit and really capable, <laughs> but I had done BMF for so many years and I knew the park that I kind of, I didn't exactly leave him for, for dust, but I wasn't thinking he is like He's crazy SAS, fit yeah. SAS yeah. level. And then I was thinking, maybe that's his strategy. Like, you yeah, know. Yeah, the reverse kid. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so no, there's well. all this like crazy kind of theories banded around at BMF anyway. But then, um, and then it so it turns out that he had applied and um and he also got on the course so we kind of stayed in touch but then we were told you're not allowed to have any contact with anyone who, who, that who you might this? have Which met one? so his name is mike Maisie, and he was number 11 and um great guy really great guy and um yeah so we sort of we exchanged a couple of messages and tagged each other on Instagram and stuff like that and then they told us no contact with anyone that you've met through the process so right. it was like okay well, whatever fine um, and then and then yeah I met him at Santiago airport when oh, we got really? there and I was like oh my god I can't believe it you know what yeah. a weird twist of How fate exciting. That must yeah nice to have a compadre as well, like yeah that. really nice and then Rick was obviously there as well who I'd met in, in Newcastle yeah um, so that was cool, but yeah, like we turned up at Heathrow Airport with we didn't know where we were going. That's proper out of your comfort zone stuff. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, we were told that we it was like cool. it was the it was going to be the conditions were going to be cold. Yeah. Um, where was it? Peru. Chile. 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 That would have got me in the cold. The cold. Because the, yeah. the the series last series was hot, wasn't it? Yeah. So somewhere desert, like it? desert. Well, but the thing with Chile, so I've got obviously from having done BMF for so long, I've got a few friends who are 
um, instructors there and you know obviously from military backgrounds and stuff and one of the guys Neil who's just a brilliant help to me in the run-up to it he did loads of like navigation stuff with me and stuff um he took one look at my boots and I was like he was like could be if it's chilly it could be um the desert because it's you know there's like a real range of terrain in Chile and I was thinking, brilliant, because I love being oh, in hot t- climate. they told you it was in Chile then? Uh, uh, well, actually, <laughs> I probably Chile. should confess. So I did, in fact, know that we were going to Chile because my um, my PT had trained Foxy uh, some time ago. And, and he'd kind of <laughs> let it slip. Um, but, you know, I kept that completely to myself. So I, I kind of knew... But then I was thinking, this could be desert, and that's brilliant because I love being in hot climates. Like I'd have been, it yeah. would have been great if we'd been in Morocco or something like the that previous series. That would have yeah. really suited me. I hate being cold. Absolutely yeah, hate being me cold. Me too, actually. And but then, um, but yeah. So Neil said he took one look at my boots, and he was like, "They are not desert boots." So I was like, "Oh shit!" Well, so what climate are they for? And he was like, "Well, kind of similar to ours." So. So that, and then I was a bit thrown, but yeah, so, but you know, the, the reality was that the climate was quite variable. So they were, yeah. day, like when we first got there, it was like 24 degrees, the sun was shining, it was beautiful. And then we'd be up on the snow line and it's like freezing and, yeah, you know, and then cool. other days would be like, we get here in the UK where it's like gray and miserable and just, you know, damp and horrible. Yeah. So it was, it, you know, it's really kind it of It looked changeable. cold. It was freezing. It looked really cold. It was freezing. Mm. And, you know, you never really got warm. Yeah. Like chill to the bones. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Constantly. Yeah. yeah. That's an awful feeling, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. Although it, it taught me a very valuable lesson, which is that you can make your body warm in any conditions, in any clothing, by moving around enough. Yeah. Yeah. But that's also pretty exhausting at the end of the day. Yeah, so. right. <laughs> yeah. so, you, so you got there and then, like... It's difficult when you're watching it. It seems like it's extremely strict, and like that they are maintaining that. Yep. The whole time. Is that yep. right? Yes. Is it yeah. literally the whole time? Yes, the whole time. Savage. <laughs> they do. They, the cameras are not turned off, and everyone has a cup of tea at any point. Yeah, yeah. It's it is as real as you could imagine it could be. Yeah, I've got. I wanted to ask you about that actually because I've got a friend. I, I posted on Instagram that I was about to watch an episode, and a friend come back to me. Um, they were like, oh, that's all fake, that stuff. And I was like, what, what makes you say that? And I think he's, he knew someone or something like that that had been on the Bear Grylls Island one. Right. And apparently some of these people were never even trained by Bear Grylls and he's all sceptical because Bear Grylls didn't actually have much to do with it other than being on camera and stuff like that. Oh, and he was really? like, oh, it's all fake. Oh, really? Well, I've heard something similar about the Bear Grylls one, but I'm yeah. not sure if yeah. the same applies for that. that no, I mean, like. honestly, it was like, I shouldn't have thought so from from SAS people. Well, the but. thing that you've got to remember is that they're not TV presenters. I mean, neither is Bear Grylls. Um, but, you know, they are ex-Special Forces servicemen. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, they want to keep their integrity intact. Yeah. And, yeah, you know, true. they're incredible human beings. Like, honestly, I was just a lot of the time in total awe really? of... You know, you've got these four guys in front of you who have got, like, between them, God knows, like, 40 years Special Forces experience. And and they literally know how to push you to your absolute limit without quite killing you. 
Yeah. Like that's quite a skill. Yeah. Now I reflect on it and I think, you know, because there were a few like close calls with some of the recruits with, yeah. you know, where they didn't adapt to altitude very well and they were really, really pushed, but mentally, you know, so they were like medically being extracted and yet mentally saying, I want to stay, I can push on, I can push right, on. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I think that's quite incredible to have the skill to know how far you can push a human being yeah. who is not SF trained, is not even from a military background without having casualties on your hands. Yeah, right. You know, but any task that we had to do where there was safety equipment, a harness, for example, even if it was terrifying, which often it was, there was a certain amount of like reassurance that you just think, well, I, I literally couldn't be in safer hands. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. like, you know, and they were all over that. Yeah. So oh, that guy did get dropped and his mate dropped him against the rock. Yeah. Well, he didn't drop him, but he's, that was quite funny. <laughs> well, yeah, it, I think. It looked worse than it was, yeah. I imagine. Well, I don't you know. Did, like I saw, um, well, no, because we were like, we were up a hill to the side of the bridge. So we were actually on a rope physically having to pull every recruit back up. Right. So when they oh, dropped really? off the rope, we had to heave that rope up, like seven of us or something, to drag the two recruits from the bottom of the rock up yeah. to the top. So we didn't see it. And, but actually I saw James on uh, Monday evening and I said to him like- Was James one that was- James, James hit, is a really the, tall the guy. Or, yeah, yeah, the guy who hit the rock. Yeah. And obviously he'd previously broken his neck. So it's like probably the worst thing that could happen yeah, to him right. really. And, and I said to him like, having now seen it on TV, which I had, hadn't before, yeah. I said, either you made it an incredibly good show of that not hurting or like, I don't know, the TV it, showed yeah. that it was worse than it actually was. I was like, did it hurt? He was like, yes. <laughs> Right. But, you know, that's just a measure of his character that he, you know, we were so close when we were in there. Like, I you bet. get so closely knit and you bond with your oppo and with everybody else in there. And, like, you know, James wasn't going to let Rick be seen as a bad guy or, yeah. you know, he was he was going to make out that it wasn't as bad as it really yeah, was. Yeah. For, for Rick's sake, you know, that's how it worked. Yeah, he was and devastated. Not it, it, Rick was devastated. And, and you know, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm even really allowed to say this, but, you know, we've since heard that from some of the DS that actually the rope had travelled along that bridge from where it had originally started from. So they were like some of the last to go, I think. Right, so yeah. it got, it shouldn't have been anywhere near that rock. Yeah. But, you know, so it wasn't Rick's fault at all. Yeah. Um, but TV though. But TV, TV. right? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's all got to, it's all got to be spun to make yeah. it look as dramatic as possible. When you're watching it back, um, did you think like that's not quite how like it yeah portrayed? Yeah, because that's just happens with all TV, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I mean to be fair, not that scene in particular. Not that scene, no. But general. generally, yeah. I mean, not not to to a point, yeah, with certain details minor details it wasn't really anything that was like wildly inaccurate yeah although one what, of the what one thing would you like people to know that wouldn't have seen the whole thing that wouldn't um have... so when i so in the um episode where i was seen drowning um that was completely altered so um probably can't even remember but you'd have heard one of the ds i think it was ollie shouting use your flotation device yeah. 
So at that point, we didn't have the Bergens in the water. So if you were to look back at it, you'd see that there is nothing in sight. So there's nothing around me because we'd originally been told to get in with our Bergens and use them as a flotation device and tread water. So that was the first task. So we did that, which was horrific, but you know, you had something to hang on to. Then we had to get out, leave the Bergens on the side and get back in and work with our oppo to swim widths of the, the pool whilst the other one was doing exercises on the other side. Yeah. So actually where you saw me close to drowning was during that task where there were no flotation devices to use. Oh, and they just cut that. And out. there was a current actually running through the middle of the pool. So there was like a pipe. It was all fresh water. It was fucking freezing. And uh, running through the middle of the pool. And so when you got to the middle of it, that was sucking you in. And I'm not a strong swimmer. And right. you got your boots on and all your kit on yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And um, yeah, so, so that was edited quite mm. differently actually yeah. to how it happened. And, and in a sense, like in my favor, because then in the end that episode showed that I had um, calmed myself down and I was standing on the side of the pool and I was okay. And yeah. when actually it was the, the drowning part, that was what happened last. Right. And then I was dragged out got out and medics all over me checking if I'd like inhaled any oh, really? water yeah no, because really? they were actually really concerned I don't know why they wouldn't show that um why they yeah would, I don't like, know I don't know um I mean it made me look better better yeah. And then, <laughs> you know so I don't know why I'm correcting them now but you know that's the truth of it so right, yeah. things kind of did happen in a slightly different order at certain times yeah how long were you out there in total is it two two weeks, two weeks. yeah so the course was 11 days yeah um we thought it was going to be nine. We were told it was nine. Nine days. So on day eight, oh, we're sorry. like, oh my God, we've got one day left. Um, you know, like we've kind of scraping on a wall, like yeah. counting off the days or something. But um, yeah, so we, were, we got very confused towards the end because we thought day eight, this is it. We've got one more day. We're going to get taken into interrogation after this. This will be the last task. Then we'll be captured and then that will be that. Yeah. And, um, and then there was another day and another night. And then another day and another and more tasks and we're just like what you know yeah, how? Good techers. yeah. so um yeah they really tested our mental one, one thing i wanted to ask there. you about is um and this i mean they've definitely edited it in this way as well but there were some people on there that i just don't think should have been on there right right and i'm sure you think that as well i'm, I'm not asking you to name them but like some people just i, I can't see why they were picked to go on that show well, it's hard to either agree or disagree unless I know who you're talking about, but... Um, well, there's just people that just didn't look fit enough for it, for a start. Yeah, I mean, you know, there was a variety of different fitness levels, for sure. Um, but even those individuals where you thought, you're not fit enough, you're not strong enough for this, like, their mental resilience was incredible. People who I thought, you need to pull yourself out, you need to give up. Yeah kept going yeah and i was like wow that's amazing actually yeah. yeah equally there were some people that didn't look fit who did really well yeah I guess. like i thought the lad who completed it the milo lads, milo yeah. yeah i mean i thought oh, he looked yeah. like he sh- should oh have my been god well appearances can be deceptive because yeah. yeah, i mean like he's yeah. incredible yeah but he does triathlons and yeah you know yeah. um he lives in devon so he's out on the moors running and yeah you know, he's just got incredible mental he definitely would have had that higher commitment. purpose driving him as well there was it his, his brother yeah, yeah yeah his brother had been killed in afghanistan did everyone because it seems I, I know it's good tv but everyone had their own like story didn't they yeah. i'm sure they don't just want like 30 PTs yeah. on there who are just, yeah. or like 
Yeah, and again, like to me, I mean, my story is kind of um, very uninteresting in comparison to a lot of others. But, and I think again, that just shows like the incredible grit that a lot of them had to be able to contend with all that stuff going on yeah. in their lives and yet still go out there and do what they did. Yeah. I mean, um, Mark, was it Mark? Yeah. I mean, uh, that's just. Yeah, he's an incredible human being. Like, he really is. He's one of the nicest guys you ever Yeah, met he came across life. that way. And I think he did himself yeah. proud, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah he really did. He's a great guy. Was that was recent? Yeah, yeah, I think it happened in um, the April before we went yeah. over there. So that's, that's off. Yeah, that's off to him. but you know, he did it as an escape. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think that's been hard for him in some ways that he did it to escape and now it's come back around and it's on TV and all of yeah. that, you know, that's When quite did you actually film it? Um, end of September. So yeah, end of September, beginning of October. Were you excited to see it on the telly? Um, or did you watch yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I was. In the first episode, where, did you watch it with like a load of friends and family? Um, yeah, I watched it with a few friends at home, quietly yeah, behind a, behind a cushion. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want to make a big deal out of it, really, just because it's kind of weird to like relive you it. You went under the radar for the first couple of episodes, didn't you? Yeah. And that did make, which make was, me... Yeah, which was good in a way, because it yeah. meant that I wasn't freaking out too much about... I mean, it, honestly, watching it, just seeing the scenery and seeing the people yeah. on TV, it was like, it's been quite an emotionally, like scarring experience right. in some ways like it's changed me as a person for sure so actually watching that better. back and just yeah I think so but it has <laughs> you know it's been you know I came back and I had a month of like nightmares and sleep deprivation really? and yeah I just couldn't couldn't adjust and um just feeling quite apathetic about everything and just yeah it's right hard to get back into life yeah, actually yeah. after an experience because you go and you do something like that it's, it's, an, it's an extraordinary experience and you come back and nothing's changed yeah and no one else has shared that, that with you and it, yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah. hard that's why I think we kind of gel so close, much yeah. and we kind of it's really hung on to each other bond, isn't there when you struggle with a group of people yeah. you form a, even if it was for a short yeah. while you form a bond with them for yeah. life I think I mean so it's, it's just two weeks shared it's, experience isn't it yeah. it's bizarre to think that you could form friendships that close in just two weeks like I even like if I rationally try and think about that now I just think that's crazy like, yeah. did you get any time to like, like relax there no. no, I mean, well, if you if we did, you didn't know how long that time was going to last, right? So it could be five minutes, it could be two hours, and almost the longer it went on, the worse it was because you're just sat there thinking, oh, this, edge, is, yeah. "This is going to end any minute, and yeah. I don't know when that's going to be." So, you know, in terms of like yeah. taking your boots off, taking your socks off, sitting by the log burner, um, you know, having a cup of hot water on the stove which is basically all we could do um you know you couldn't really relax or switch off the only time you kind of felt like you were safe ish was when you were actually eating food mm. in the mess hall or like on the toilet because you just thought well you know what can they do? At least for a couple of minutes, I can sit here and just. Yeah, so <laughs> yeah. Five minutes of yeah exactly. How much? Um, how much sleep did you get? Um, probably about two, three hours a night. Yeah, that Shit. must be like brutal. Yeah, it was. Although, do you know, someone told me before I went, which is this was so useful, was that um, you can function on ninety minutes sleep a night, so that will get Not you into well, REM yeah. sleep. Yeah and you can function on it. So, and that helped me massively because I was thinking, 
I would otherwise have panics. Like I, right. I, I am. The earlier I could go to bed at night, the better. Like if I'm bed at nine o'clock, I'm like winning <laughs> at life. Um, I'm, I get up really early, but I need sleep. Like I have to have yeah. like eight hours sleep. Or even night. even like a twenty percent reduction in your sleep yeah. it will impair yeah. brain function. Yeah. So it must, and then having to do all but of that. But to know rationally that I could function on ninety minutes, that was. You're not a, gonna die, I, yeah. I kind of. I could tell myself that yeah. I was going to be all right. But the thing, the other thing that they didn't show at all is that they had us on night watch every night. Yeah, well, I, not every night, probably about four nights in, we had, to put, we had to create our own rotor to make sure that the night watch post was manned by two people at all times. Because they did that in the last series, didn't they? Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, when one yeah. of you was allowed to yeah. sleep and the other one, yeah. And you basically had to keep a, a log of any activity, so every few minutes anything that you saw you had to note down the time what you'd seen oh, God. All that. and that's and just designed to keep you awake they yeah. didn't use it it wasn't for any purpose they weren't trying to like catch you out by testing what you'd seen versus what had actually happened were you even awake all of that kind of stuff didn't yeah. even use the footage that was just to disturb your sleep yeah and you <laughs> might get lucky and do it at, you might have to do it at midnight in which case you could sleep from like 2 a.m onwards but you might get it at like 3 a.m. till 5. And yeah. then what are you going to, are you going to sleep yeah. before that and after that? Probably not. So. Was that, what, what do you think, barring the obvious stuff with um, like the heights and the water and that, condition wise, what was, what was the, the worst thing to deal with? The thing that got to you the most? Um, I think honestly, like the fear of what was coming next. Just not knowing. Just yeah. living in a high anxiety state on pure adrenaline the whole time. <laughs> Like, I remember at one point having yeah, a bit of a... exhausting. It was exhausting. And I remember having a bit of a word with myself at one point, probably about five, six days in, where I was thinking my, the anxiety around the unknown was starting to really overwhelm me. Right. I remember thinking, I just... I'm so stressed about what it's going to be next. You know, like, we could be sat in the accommodation waiting for the next instruction. Or you could even be on one of those trucks for two hours getting somewhere. You oh, didn't know if the journey was going to be yeah. 10 minutes, half an hour, two hours, and you had no idea what, what was mm. going to be there when you got there. So you're just permanently on edge. It was just horrendous. Yeah. And, and actually, I remember having that thought of, you know, I honestly don't know how much longer I can cope with this, how, if, if I can keep going. Around that time, sort of five, yeah. six days. And, um, and they... And we were sat in the accommodation and they had us doing another task that they didn't show on TV, which was in the end brilliant. But they split us into three different teams and um, took each team in turn outside. And we could hear stuff, but we couldn't see what was going on. We weren't allowed to leave the accommodation, so we weren't even allowed to go to the toilets. And when the team came back in, cut, grazed, bleeding, um, panting, wet from the snow we were like freaking out and they had to walk straight in and we had this drying room next to our accommodation where we slept and they had to go straight in there and not talk to us and they <laughs> like literally walked past us and we're going like trying to mouth work you know yeah. exchange like, but there are cameras everywhere and you know on the rig um so we kind of had to behave ourselves anyway so just sat there at that point just thinking what the hell is this like oh my god i can't even imagine what they've got us doing next because everything even when you saw the setup for something you think oh i know that's going to be an abseil shit 
you didn't imagine it would be a front ab sale. Yeah. You know, there's always another level of something yeah, that they yeah. had up their sleeves. And so in the end, what this ended up being was that we were in teams of four and we had to scale those buildings that we were living in. So there were several of those buildings, you know, like they yeah. sort of, they looked like pigsties really, didn't yeah. they? Like with rounded roofs. Yeah. And so we Shit had a team of four, we had one rope and we had to get all of us onto the top of the building before we could start getting back down onto the other side. And it's like a, a smooth surface, rounded surface on the, on the top. So you weren't allowed to throw the rope over. Someone goes to the other side and holds onto the rope. That was what we tried doing. And they were like, no, that's not, that's not how it goes. So we had to climb like a human ladder, climb up onto each other. This one guy, Stacy, he's an absolute legend. Every single time I had to stand on his head to get up onto the top of the building. And then we had to stay on the top of the building and then lower each other and then create the human ladder to yeah. go back down again. And, and actually it was absolutely brilliant fun. Yeah. I mean, it was really hard. And I remember I fell at one point and I cracked my shin bone into concrete. And I was like, oh my God, it hurt so bad. But, but it was fun. It was, really, it was like one of the more relaxed tasks that we did, which is probably why they didn't show it on TV. Yeah, right. And I remember at that point just thinking, all right, just stop with all this anxiety, all this worrying about nothing. You can't control anything. Mm. Just relax a bit. And, yeah. you know, you can, everything, you've got through everything to this point. You can do it. So, yeah, yeah I just had a bit of a word with myself. And you just, you realise that you're capable of much more than you think. And that worrying about stuff is not going to get it you anywhere. Help. Yeah. Yeah. But it's difficult, you know, when you're so, we're, we're so in control of our lives, aren't we? In so many different ways. You're in control of your schedule. You know what your day is going to be like, largely. When you have all of that control taken away from you, like, you don't know what you're going to eat or when. Yeah. You don't know how much sleep you're going to get. You don't know what you're going to be asked to do. Can only imagine that, like, the actual SAS selection process like where there is no camera you know yeah where you yeah, can yeah. imagine like obviously there, there's got although, to be a degree of safety although for... saying that actually because i was out on monday night we went to this um premiere at the national um at the bafta for the national geographic for this um film that um ranulph finds has just done this documentary mm. and um and ollie and billy were there and and we were chatting to them and they were saying that actually um in special forces um training they would at least prepare you Right. So they would tell you, this is how, what you're going to have to do, this is how you do it. Whereas, for example, going in an ice hole, we literally were there, we saw it demonstrated once, just do it. So in some ways, I mean, I'm not, I, honestly, what we did was a, just a fraction of, of what those guys have to go mm. through. And in the end, that's training for the job that they then go on to do. Yeah, like, we yeah, were just yeah. there to get a taster of their yeah. training. But... Um, but in, in other aspects, you know, it was like, in some ways harder because we didn't have any of the preparation. Like, and we didn't come from a military background, most yeah. of us. So, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's actually quite amazing when I think back to like what you just, but you, when you have no option, you're just told to do something, you just do it, right? Yeah, yeah. you kind of know what you're like, signing up for as well, don't you? Particularly yeah. when you're obviously yeah. not the sort of person that's going to say, I'm not doing that, you're just going to yeah. go. Well, then, like I said, you've got, you've got to put your faith in those guys that they know what they're doing. And, yeah. you know, there can't be many other people in this world that know their trade as well yeah. as those guys do. Yeah. Who's your favourite? Oh, um... Or who did you take the most away from? Oh, I probably learnt the most from Ant. He's a very inspiring guy. 
um, you know, he would, he would absolutely destroy you verbally, mentally, physically. But he also did, on one occasion, we were in, a, in the truck and I think we, we, we were ultimately en route to a task. It might have been the bridge drop, actually. But he stopped the trucks and we had to get out and we had to, like, um, um, march on the spot. And, and we're thinking, oh, my God, this is it. It's coming, you know, whatever. We're going to have to go and have to run up this hill or mm. we're going to have to whatever it is we're going to have to do. And he just stood there and he said, you know, he just delivered this kind of off-the-cuff speech, I guess, for want of a better word, and against this incredible backdrop, like the scenery was out of this world. Mm. And, and he basically just said to us, like, look up, take it all in, everything that's around you. Use it as inspiration to distract yourself from what's going on in your body, physically, mentally, whatever. You know, suck it all in. You have as much right to be here and to enjoy this our world as anyone does you know and he and he talked about his connection it was a quite it's kind of in some ways like quite spiritual i'm not that spiritual really but um but it, it really resonated and yeah. um and then we just got back in the trucks and we were like was that it like is that what well, what's next you know <laughs> but he'd literally kind of got us off the trucks to just say like suck it all in mm. like take it all in be inspired by your surroundings yeah. that was really cool but um yeah that scenery looked insane though. it was yeah. that mad but i mean foxy was just brilliant yeah um they all were like ollie's all amazing likeable, billy's amazing like billy would it, billy would often be the guy at the bottom of the at the bottom of the bridge by the river off the bridge drop or at the top of the rock on the front abseil. Or the one that gets thrown in the he ice He was bath. like when he's, he was on his own and I think he quite liked being on his own. But, but when there was no one else around and they couldn't really pick up on the mics, he'd be giving you real positive encouragement and, you know, telling you you could do it and giving you yeah, like yeah. a bit of help and assistance. I think they caught and, a bit of that on camera a couple yeah. of times yeah. maybe. Cool, all of them, just such great guys. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I like Foxy. I think that in that Narcos program, he was he came across really well. Yeah, yeah. he's a great guy. I mean, he's so laid back; it's yeah. amazing, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember um, I, he saw just before. I'm guess I don't know if this was clever editing again, but just before the you know the ladder across the canyon. Yeah. He said to you, "Do you want to do you want to hand your armband in?" Yeah. And you you said no. Yeah. Um, did anything go through your head at that point? Like, do I want to have my armband in? Or were you just like, no, nah, I'm doing this? Um, when it, so it got to a certain point after the bridge drop where, and they didn't actually show me doing that, although they did in retrospect, I think, in, one, in a later episode. Um, but they'd, they'd obviously, I became aware that there were cameras focusing on my reaction to the guys doing the bridge drop. Because um, I am scared of heights. And... Um, and we hadn't done the water thing, I don't think, by that point. But, um, yeah, so I kind of became aware of that and was thinking, oh, my God, they are, they've clocked that I'm terrified of this. And so I don't know how, but somehow on that bridge drop, I just did it and it was okay. I did squeal when I did it. And actually, <laughs> so it was quite funny. So when I was waiting to go on the bridge drop, um, I was, you know, nervous and kind of trying not to freak out. I remember Ant saying to me... Um, you've got a nice smile, 17. And I was like, thanks, staff. And he said it would be a real shame if you smashed your face into the rocks, wouldn't it, 17? I was like, yes, staff. <laughs> um, there was a lot of that kind of banter, you know, where you can't, like, you can't laugh and banter along. You just have yeah. to take it. 
Um, and uh, yeah, and I did the I did the bridge drop, and I did let out a little squeal, and I remember getting to the top, and Foxy was like, "Did you scream 17? I was like, "Yes." Sorry, <laughs> sir. Um, so there was a lot of that kind of fun stuff going on. But yeah, they'd figured obviously that I was afraid of heights, and obviously the drowning thing that I was afraid of water. Well, not afraid. I'm not afraid of water. There's all this. Vicky is terrified of water. I'm not, uh, you know, it doesn't, it's not like it rains and I freak out. It's just, <laughs> I, um, yeah, I just, as you know from watching, I had a freak incident when I was a kid, so I'm just not confident in water. I would have hated that. Um, water and that was like, the water thing was like an, almost like an exact reenactment of what happened when I was a kid. So it was like the worst possible, you know, that's when you, let your fears overwhelm you and they come back again right in front of you and yeah. the same thing you know it's just that was a bit of a learning but but yeah so they started through the different tasks to then put me right at the back and let me go last yeah so that they could start to build up the drama of you know um anticipation of me standing there waiting to do it and i i actually because i'm quite stubborn i actually started to get a bit pissed off by that and I know that it was a TV program, but I was like, I am not some kind of show pony. Like, this is not funny anymore. So, um, but for the for the ladder walk, yeah. So I like, I was first in line when we were getting up there. So I got there and I was kind of standing first and we saw the ladder obviously and freaking out. And Ant did the demo of that. And- Did that freak you out more than the bridge? Oh yeah. Oh God, yeah. I was thinking, can I? Will I be allowed to crawl over it? Yeah. And I was thinking, could I crawl over it with my eyes shut or something? You know, I was thinking how. But and then obviously he demonstrated that you had to just walk across it, squat in the middle, get up, and then I was like, oh my God, the squat, like literally feeling sick. The squat, yeah. <laughs> well, actually, he demonstrated it without the squat. Yeah. And then when the first recruit went up and had to do it, he was like squat in the middle, and we were like, oh my God. Um, but yeah, I remember getting there first, being in line, and then when they were calling each recruit out, I said to Foxy, you're gonna make me go last, aren't you, staff? And he was like, just at that point, lounging on this big rock <laughs> in the sunshine. He was like, gave me a wry smile. He said, yes. <laughs> so I had to, yeah, stand and watch everyone do it. But I guess, yeah, my stubborn streak was like, um, you know, I just refused to let myself fail. And actually, Ant had said, use the fear, channel it positively. And I just, I guess I just thought, like, I've got two options here. I can either flap and panic about this, which is what my brain is telling me to do, and I won't get it done, and I'll fall off it. And, yeah. you know, not, I won't fall to my death because I'm on a harness, but I'll feel like a complete idiot, and I'll screw it up, and I'll yeah. probably get withdrawn. But, and I wanted to pass. I wanted to get through. I wanted to get to the final stages. And so just something in your brain just switches, you just switch your brain off and just go, okay, I've just got to do this. Just get the job done. Yeah, and that's what I did. And that was, but that was harder than the ice holes because the ice holes, um, it didn't take very long. Yeah. You know, that was literally like a couple of seconds in and back up, in and back up, in and back up. Whereas the ladder, I mean, it felt like it took forever, but it was a few minutes to get across and yeah and what i'm watching everyone else go as well that yeah. anxiety building must yeah. have been pretty intense yeah yeah it really was it really was but i suppose does does like and say and and foxy i guess it must do them they they give you a little it might not sound that friendly but they'll, they'll say something and it might just refocus you or 
Yeah, or I you're mean, kind of on your own with that. Say again. Or you kind of on your own with that. Do you feel like they helped you get across that ladder, or was you literally? It, it was. It was all down to you. Um, yeah, no, I think they they helped me to a point, but at the end of the day, it's always down to you, isn't it? Yeah, true. Um, and you know, you can you can hear the advice and you can apply it or you can hear it and you can just let your own the voices in your own head take over and yeah um yeah I I don't really to this day I can't really explain like how exactly how I managed to do that I just remember thinking like literally mind over matter just switch your brain off just get it done just put one foot in front of the other yeah um and I'm amazed at like how well I did that yeah I I think they were I think they expected me to absolutely screw that up (laughs) And I think they expected me to withdraw before the ice holes. I don't think they thought I would do that. Yeah, I think that episode in particular must have... I think they even said it, I think, in some of their little mm. interviews that they'd seen you how frightened you were, but the yeah. fact that you still did it anyway. Yeah. And I think that's what they're looking for, yeah. partly, isn't it? Oh, right? yeah, I learned that pretty they quick. They don't want that people that aren't frightened because that doesn't yeah. exist. But it wasn't about being the fittest, the fastest, the strongest... Um, the best at any one thing it was honestly about how many times you would pick yourself up and go again and again yeah. and again yeah. so at times where you know you had to pick up a male recruit sling them over your shoulder and walk up a snow hill and you it was literally that on repeat yeah. you know pick them up sling them over your shoulder take one step fall over go again go again go again they were looking for the person who was just going to go I can't do this anymore and give yeah. up yeah they weren't looking for the person who was going to get up the hill fastest, you know. Yeah. Um, so I figured that out. It's a mistake quick. some people make, isn't it? To yeah. Try and, be, try and be the leader and try and be first. Yeah, but yeah exactly. Not necessarily about that. No, it's not. Because no, I guess in, in special forces in the field, they're looking for the person who's never going to give up, right? Yeah. I always remember Ant saying that they're looking for someone, would I want this person next to me in a war zone? Yeah. And if someone's going to freak out and, yeah. and say, no, I'm not doing this, yeah. then... Yeah. yeah, you definitely don't want that person around. Curl up into a fetal position and cry. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'd have done. <laughs> <laughs> no more, no more. <laughs> well, yeah, and, you know, and I guess I was inspired by the other recruits as well a lot of the time, right, thinking, yeah. well, if he can do it, she can do it, then I can do it. Yeah. I'm not going to be the only person who can't do this. Yeah. Um, Some kind, sometimes comparison can work in your favour like that, yeah, can't it? Yeah. Not always, but you're like, well, they did it, so right, yeah. here we go, I can do it. Yeah. So what happened, I, I didn't see the episode, the penultimate episode. No, I didn't see the last episode. The last episode. one you missed, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that was the interrogation. Um, yeah, which um, was just horrific, really. Oh, we, Rick and I were talking about this on the way up. Like, it, for people watching that, I'm sure there's just no way of explaining. No, you, can't, you cannot convey. I mean, firstly, we'd had no food and no sleep for 48 hours. So you're already nothing. Nothing. That well, I think we'd had a bag of nuts, and Cheers. but what yeah, that <laughs> we we got up one morning to go to breakfast, and there was no breakfast. And we were like, shit, this is it. And then we did the ice holes, which is obviously massively energy sapping, just because your body's just trying to keep you warm. Um, and then we went on the evade and capture um, task, which was like overnight. What, after the ice holes? Yeah. Oh, really? With no food. They made like, they look like a different day. On the, yeah, on the it, it, yeah, exactly. But no, that was, um, Shit. Well, that was the evening of that day. <laughs> so, um, and then we're captured and then we go into interrogation. So, yeah, you're literally already at your lowest ebb. And then, the, then they're and then just breaking starts. you down from there. So, um, yeah, it was just 
horrendous and it's so cold i mean i i withdrew for two reasons firstly because i was the coldest i have ever been in my life like we were sat on a concrete floor in a thin boiler suit yeah um just shivering um and then secondly because um i kind of started to feel like it was going to um really start to affect me mentally and um i sort of thought you know i've done everything on this course and to the best of my ability yeah and i've and to for for most things like i've really smashed it like they didn't show a lot of the physical stuff that we did well, they certainly didn't show me doing much of that. You know, I was really in the reason background. They didn't show you doing that because you weren't struggling there, right? Well, I was well, struggling, sure was, but, but you know, but I, to but I put in a monumental effort for all of that stuff and just kept my head down. Yeah. Um, and you know, so they really only highlighted the aspects of where I had fears and you know all of that kind of stuff. But physically, like I put in all the graft, um, and I just thought, you know, I've. I don't, I'm not here to prove anything to anyone or to myself. I just wanted to get to the end. Yeah. And and I guess I, I kind of thought I'm here now on a loop between being interrogated, being put in stress positions, being hit round the back of the head, being freezing cold. And that is just going to last for however long. You know, it's just hour after hour after hour now. If it had been a physical task... I think I wouldn't have given up. I would yeah. have kept going. But like the sickener thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, and I just remember thinking this is this is potentially going to be quite damaging. I remember thinking, like having a bit, being a bit worried for my like mental state yeah. if I stayed in for yeah. much longer. Um, so um, yeah, I withdrew after. Well, they showed on TV four hours. It was actually seven. Um, uh, so is that seven hours of stress positions fucking whatever's going on in yeah. their headphones yeah and what, um, what was going on in their headphones like just so screaming babies babies crying women screaming and like animals being slaughtered and yeah. white noise the white noise was the worst I mean some of it was like I actually found quite funny I remember right. thinking like I don't know how how anything could be funny in that situation but yeah I remember just when they yeah and they kind of turned on to a new noise and I'd be like oh my god what is this now you know but um yeah I don't know just the techniques that they use are horrible 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 so they'll actually come and touch you gently I remember standing against you can't see right is it Completely yeah, completely dark. So that's the black. other thing that obviously you can't get a sense of on TV because that would look rubbish, wouldn't it, if mm. everything was pitch black. But it was to us, everything was pitch black. Yeah. You didn't know who was still there, if anyone else was still there. But she didn't hear him coming in and out of the room? No, it because just, you had the headphones on. Yeah. So you're literally just encased in your own brain. Fuck. It was horrendous. Yeah, that would drive me mental. Um, and then, of course, you've got all the stress positions that you and you're being quite brutally handled yeah. I mean again that's the skill that they've got is that they can shove you around and sit you bang on the floor and stuff all of that stuff without breaking a bone yeah. or you know um, but they'd kind of combine like gentle touch with a great big whack in the back of your head and I remember once standing up against the wall with my hands out um, my fingers outstretched and, and like you could tell by his shoes that it was Ant Middleton and he was the only DS who gets involved in the interrogation the others don't won't do it oh uh, really yeah 
Um, so they get other people come in and help Ant out with the interrogation. But, but he came up and he traced the outline of my hand, my fingers. He went up and down my fingers with his finger. And I was thinking, what the hell is this? What is he doing? Got my bracelet, turned my bracelet around my wrist, and then he hit me really hard in the back of the head. So it was like this constant, you didn't know where you were with any of it. You know, you were being... <laughs> it's just designed to confuse you. To, well, total right? confusion. Oh, they'd have these like heavy chains, so you had your headphones on. They had these heavy chains and they'd just knock it against the ear, against the headphone on your ear, just repeatedly. Not hard particularly, but you could just hear it donk, 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 and then they'd trail the chain over the top of your headphones and then go on the other side. And then they'd like use these batons that they had to like put you in the stress positions, make sure that you stayed in the stress positions, hit you around the shoulder or hit you around the back of the head. One of the guys said he got kicked in the ribs at one point. Really? <laughs> yeah. How, how long did it actually go on for? What, like, interrogation? Yeah, like how long did they... The people, um, who, the, peop- the guys who, who passed the course, I think, did 18 hours. 18? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that is savage. But I think, I think like, not, so, not standard time, but I think Ant would tell you he'd done, like, 36 in his SF training or something. So they do... I mean, it's just incredible. Christ. They... They must literally be unbreakable people to get through that. Yeah, in, in I their, think they are. Actual, I think they are. Which I suppose is what they need. And then you're it? going in for like interrogation, like interviews with these guys who are like, again, have the most incredible techniques to get you to talk, to confuse you, yeah. to be your friend, and then to scream in your face. Yeah, yeah, you know, just, That's oh. where I'd lose it. God, they'd confuse me instantly. Yeah. Like where you had to make up the story yeah. about why you were running yeah, more yeah. Well, if yeah. you're tired as well which you obviously completely exhausted yeah that that is like like actually yeah. harrowing yeah and then they try and play you off against each other yeah and try and get you oh, to i'd like... have buried everyone so when you got out what um what what i mean literally just got out so you you, you left what happens then do they they Oh, so to check you over. Make yeah, sure so right. you heard. So I saw Sandeep, who's the medic, the yeah. um, Indian guy who you've seen on the show. Yeah, he's such a top guy. Like when we were in there, he was really hands off because you had to basically. Is that just, what he does in in his actual? Yeah, his actual I think career yeah. Is. So he's done loads of like incredible um, medical support for different types of things, like yeah, military stuff or Everest, and you right. know. He's an incredible guy, and um, and he's like very hands off when we were in there. So we had basic medical things, you know, like a few plasters and a bit of ibuprofen and stuff. Right. And basically, you know, unless you were dying, then you treated yourself and dealt with your, dealt with your own injuries and strapped yourself up and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so he almost seemed like a bit cold when we were there. Um, but when you came out, he was like just this lovely, warm guy, and just so, you know, he had so much to say about, particularly about the women, how they'd done, and you know that they'd really changed his perception and the DS perception of what women could do and stuff. So that was great. But so yeah, you had a chat with him, and then you had a psych um, kind of consultation debrief. So they wanted to check that mentally you were all right. Yeah. Um, so that was. Um, all helpful and then yeah just sat there in my boiler suit with endless cups of tea and biscuits um, in the production um, caravan so what you didn't realise that 
was that past the gates and round the corner was like a village of production oh, crew. The crew live, yeah. yeah, and they were there the whole time. It's it's just freaky, time. really <laughs> freaky. And uh, yes, yeah, went to the actual proper normal toilet for the first time in two weeks. Saw myself in the mirror. I was like, oh my god, <laughs> who the hell is that? Um, and yeah, we had to wait for a couple of hours. Like James came out straight after me, and Louise the midwife came out um, again a few minutes after that and so the three of us then went back eventually to this like Airbnb that they had set up in just outside Santiago where so they'd had that as like a permanent base so that every each time every recruit came out they generally spent a night there and then got on a flight the next day so we literally had the day there to wash and shuffle around and eat food and just sort of sit rocking in a chair um, <laughs> until eventually the other recruits came out and they didn't come out until later on that evening so we built a campfire because James um, who'd been in, control, in charge of our fire since the whole time that we were there the, um, the log burner was like his, his gig, his responsibility so he was like right let's light a campfire so we did that and then the guys came out you know 8, 9 o'clock 10 o'clock in the evening or something and we got them some food and you know it was pretty pretty uh low budget i'm gonna be honest yeah it wasn't like the guys who come out of i'm a celebrity and they go into like some posh yeah. hotel yeah. and get a, get a massage and a spa treatment and stuff we were like the shower was shit <laughs> <laughs> after all that anticipation yeah. oh my god yeah. i'm gonna have a bath i'm gonna lie in the bath for three hours like the shower was terrible but it was at least a shower and then we got on a flight the next day, and that was it. Shit. Yeah. So. Was it, what was it like coming out? Was it was it a relief? Was you still just a bit fucked up to even like work out what had just happened to you? Or. Um. Yeah. Re- very much so, to be honest. And actually, um, we got, our flights were Santiago to Paris, then Paris to London. Um, half of us. The other half went via Madrid. And so we were already then split up as a group. Like, you felt like children, like yeah. hanging on to each other. It was really weird. Yeah. And being like out in real life with stuff going on around you, noises and stuff, it was honestly quite disorientating. And so the, the last eight split up into two groups anyway to go back via Paris or Madrid. And I got to Paris and my flight back to London was at a different time to the other guys. And honestly, I had a panic attack. And I completely freaked out. And I was like, I can't travel back on my own. Do you have a phone with you? Yeah. Well, yeah. I did then. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we didn't have the phone. Yeah, no, I mean, like, you could ring someone um, there. Yeah, but that, I that's just... That's what gets you after all that. that you've yeah. just been through. And, and I speak French. Right. And I couldn't string a sentence together. And I ended up, eventually... I literally just felt like... I've never been in that situation before in my life. But I felt like I wanted to sit in the middle of the airport and just cry. And just, like you know lose my shit they never warned you that you might feel a bit like this when you come out the whole process and um not really no it's strange that they just and i ended up being able to change that i bought a business seat to come home because i I had to travel home with the with the other guys yeah it's like i i can't sit here for a couple of hours on my own waiting for the next flight it was that important it was just bizarre oh so you didn't travel on your own you went no but i had to spend 600 pounds to get a business (laughs) seat to come back yeah at that point, um, I don't think you really cared, though, right? Yeah, but it's amazing. Like, 
Uh, yeah, I've never felt like that before. Did you talk to any of the others? Did they, did they have any episodes when they in the same situation? Um, I don't think anything like so much like that. I mean, everyone struggled to adjust to come back, definitely. And um, I mean, um, physically and mentally, like one guy ended up with um, a pulmonary embolism. Oh, like a pulmonary embolism, mm. like a blood clot. Oh, shit. Um, so, you know, physically, a few people were, like, in pieces yeah, afterwards. Yeah, yeah, but... Um, and, but I think mentally everyone just struggled to adapt coming back. Yeah. Um, relationships as much as just getting back into daily life, to be honest. Um, and, um, yeah, so we, we've kind of been really close as a group just on WhatsApp. We've had, like, several reunions already. Yeah. Um... And yeah, we're like constantly chatting. Like there isn't a day that goes by where there isn't quite a lot of WhatsApp activity yeah. in one way or another. How cool though. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. It's great. So there's a celebrity one, isn't there? Yeah. Right. Yeah, is, yeah really? is that actually happening? Yeah. Yeah, they filmed it straight after ours. I think they had four days off and then they filmed it. Oh, did the they? Were in the same place? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Do you know who's on it? Um, I know a few. Victoria Pendleton did it. I think Jamie Lang did it's it. It's got to be some sort of Towie or like Made in Chelsea. Yeah, I can't remember all of them. That'd be interesting. But um, yeah, and I, I think apparently they did pretty much the same stuff as us. Really? Over a shorter time period. And I think maybe they didn't get quite as much constant harshing as we did. So as in, I think they did have a bit of time off that was like, this is your time off kind of thing. Right, Whereas yeah. ours was just a constant state of like, yeah. you didn't know yeah um so um but yeah i'll be interested to see it it'd yeah be, definitely yeah. be cool to see them what do you think um what do you think is it that that made you what's your reason for doing it do you think um other than it sounded like you kind of fell into it i had lots of reasons really for doing it um uh i mean i'm, I'm getting divorced at the moment and I also turned 40 last year and I think I saw it as a way to like turn a, a, cha a new chapter in my life you turn like, over a new you know, sort of in thing. a big way yeah. and prove to myself what I could do um, and um, and you know through that process I've really discovered who my friends are and how amazing my friends are and they believed in me so much that I could go out and do it. That in so many ways, I so, for so much of the time that I was there, I was honestly just doing it for them. That was your motivation, as, really? It just as like, you know, if I ever thought, and I did the whole time that I was there, think about them, you know, spurring me on and cheering me on. And, you know, I've had so much support in this last year of my life. It's amazing. And I just thought I'm doing this for you guys, like, because you believe in me. So, um, and I did it. I did it for my business. Um, yeah. uh, you know, hopefully as a, a platform to be able to like encourage more people, particularly women, to be a bit more resilient, a bit more gritty, to yeah. like really push their limits and test themselves. Like I think I read this cool thing a while ago. Uh, um, someone was talking about the fact that we live in like a human zoo with our lifestyles these days, and mm. everything's done for us, right? And, everything's you know, easy. Everything's easy, right? Yeah. We never really have to push ourselves or, or experience anything that's genuinely tough. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think, I think everyone should 
know what that feels like and know that they are capable yeah, of dealing agree. with it. Yeah. Like, especially children, actually, you know, younger generations, mm. is, we don't know how good we've got it. Yeah. You know, you think about older generations, like our grandparents' generation, the kind of stuff that they had to do. Yeah. It's People just, get a lot stronger through adversity. Yeah. And, like, yeah. Challenge. You know, post, post Second World War, certainly, I mean, there wasn't even such a term as depression. Yeah. You know, people... No. people you just got on just, with it. Yeah. yeah. It wasn't yeah. a thing. No. Um, but there were a lot of broken people around. Of yeah. course, yeah. yeah. But, I mean, as a... As a um, like it, it brings people together. Yeah. Like, conflict. And, yeah. And... Yeah. But we've got shortcuts for everything these days. Yeah. You know, it's getting and, worse. Yeah. And, um, you know, I think... I'm really fascinated. In fact, I'm sort of, you know, obviously looking at lots of different things as next steps from this but I'm, I'm so fascinated in, in the gap between like what we think we can do and what actually we can do yeah. like and trying to sort of scientifically um, demonstrate that or, or that is it's really powerful isn't it mm. when, when you do something yourself usually physically um, so I'll use an, as an example we did the three peaks um, last year which um, until the last 15 minutes for me was absolutely fine but then because I was talking to a friend um, we had like about 20 25 to minutes to half hour to get it done within 24 hours mm. so we said to the guy that was um, guiding us up we're going to rush off and try and get this finished because mm. it, it means a lot to us to do it in 24 hours anyway these guys went and I was talking to another friend who wasn't going to rush off because he wasn't in any state to and I said like do you mind if I do you mind if I go with these guys I really want to do it he's like yeah go for it Anyway, so I had to ca some catching up to do to get to these guys, mm. and I almost ran for quite didn't, a while. Didn't make it. <laughs> Turns out I didn't make it. Gave up. <laughs> anyway, I caught up to them, and I was I was on my ass by the time I got to them. But we only had like ten minutes left, and we stopped, didn't we, for one second? And I was proper blowing hard. I was almost thinking, and I started to doubt myself. I caught myself like, shit, I don't know if I'm going to do this. We've got like fifteen minutes to get up this last little bit. And you said some sort of shit words of encouragement to me. I can't remember. <laughs> <what you're laughs> but it works. It works. And, and I did just yeah. shut up and go for it. Yeah. And then when I got to the top, I was like, see, you was about to fucking give up yeah. then. And oh, the you, point you at actually, which you want to give up, that's when the magic happens. Like, yeah. yeah. And that's that actually, when you really that find out a, what you're made of. What that you actually had do. a lasting effect yeah. on me. Something as small as that yeah. as it was. I mean, people say to me all the time, like, you know, even just today coming in to teach, um, you know, everyone's so incredibly supportive. It's amazing. But someone said to me, like, I just don't know how you did it. Like, I couldn't have done it. And I, and I said to her, like, if I had watched it on TV and not been in it, I would have been thinking exactly the same thing. Right, yeah. But, like, point. when you're in a situation and you just have to get something done, you do it. We I do it all, the, all yeah, the time. Yeah, people underestimate their yeah. own yeah. grit. That is probably That's in where them. Where you get the most benefit as well, but in terms of your brain chemistry, hmm. is when you push past the point at which you would have given up yeah. before that's a release that is what endorphin does yeah that is how you release endorphin is mm. to to prevent pain mm. so when you're going through something painful that's when you get the most profound changes in your yeah. in your brain chemistry mood yeah concentration brain function yeah 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 that's the good bit yeah yeah no people miss out on that i think yeah definitely i think um something that you said in your instagram recently that that was intriguing to me and i'd never thought of it as a as um, I think you you put it as 
correct me if I'm wrong, you may not remember it, I don't know, that you don't, you don't want any, as, as a woman, you don't want anyone to carry a bag. Yeah. Although you appreciate politeness, I don't need you to open the door for me. Yeah. And that just got me thinking, because I'm kind of old school and I like to think of myself as a gentleman, but then I thought, well, am I getting involved in, in what it is you're talking about, that enable, enabling people to think that they're, uh, someone's not as strong as me? Or yeah. Do you know, do you know yeah. what, I'm, what yeah, I'm aiming yeah, at? Yeah. I thought it was a good, it was a really good point. Well, I think, you know, there's been a lot of talk around the girls having done the show this year. And, you know, that's just media for you. That's the angle that they've taken. And, um, and you know, obviously I have personally benefited from that. But um, it, it also annoys me. Yeah. Because I think we perpetuate the discussion around gender by talking about it all yeah. the time, by referring to it, by talking about, oh my God, isn't it amazing that these women have done this? What about what the, the guys did? We all did the same stuff. Yeah. Um, I like the let's talk about, about it as human people. beings, yeah. as individuals, as people, because there were some guys who weren't able to carry on. There were some women who weren't able to carry yeah. on. And there were a mix of both who could. Yeah. So, you know, and that's just down to individual ability. That's not down to whether you're male or female. Um, you know, and so, so I suppose in some ways, like I, that was kind of what I was getting at by saying, you know, thank you for holding the door open, but I don't need you to do it. I, and I was, it was, it was a relief for me when I got there to find that not one single guy when we were there offered to let me carry that because you're a girl. Yeah. You know, it was just like, you just got on with it. Yeah. Um, they were all a bit fucked as well, weren't they? What? Yeah. Oh, are you talking about the show still? <laughs> oh, are you talking about something else now? No, no. No, I mean, like, they wouldn't have carried anything because they were yeah. struggling as much. But, you know, like I used to, in, <laughs> in the early days of going to BMF, you'd get bodied up randomly with different people, someone you maybe didn't know. And I remember distinctly on several occasions getting bodied up with a guy and getting the kind of eye-rolling, I got, the, I got the girl kind of thing. And then within minutes, they'd realise that, you know... One thing that is worth... You kind of have to be mindful of, though, still, is that, like, just weight differences have, like, play a massive part in, like... Like, if you were being stitched up with, like, a 90-kilo fella over your shoulder, it is harder for you than him doing it vice versa. Um... Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but it, in, in the same it would be for yeah. If if, if no, it doesn't matter if you're a male or a female. Yeah. Like if someone's yeah. forty kilos heavier. Yeah, but I mean, one of the girls there, Esme, was uh, she's like five foot one. Um, I think she weighed like fifty kilos or something. Mm. She's tiny. Like yeah. a Bergen was just like far too big for her. So for her versus me, you know, I, my frame is better equipped to deal with that. She's yeah. still she's still completed everything. You know, it's amazing what you can, what your body can do, really. Yeah, hardcore. <laughs> right, we won't keep you too much longer, but thanks a lot for your time. Um, no worries. What's your favourite exercise? My favourite exercise. Well, Chris's questions. What in the world? Answer. Just yeah. randomly. What's your favourite exercise to do? You're only allowed to do one exercise ever again. Oh my what god. No, that's like the hardest question you could ask me because I do loads of different stuff, and that's what keeps me ticking. Well, you're only allowed to do one now. Yeah. Um, Deadlift. Deadlift. <laughs> Is that the right answer? Yeah, um, what's your death row meal? Oh, mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. Yeah. Do you drink? Yeah, but not much. 
did you drink when you got out? Um, big session. Not for a, probably a week or so. When you finally and I got hammered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like I mean, to be fair, I drink a couple of glasses of wine and I'm on my back anyway, so I don't have a massively high alcohol tolerance. But if yeah, you were it's... in um, these earphones again, yeah, and you could pick one song to replace the noises that they had on, <laughs> but you'd have to listen to it for eight hours. Oh my god. Um, uh, well, do you know what? That's a really interesting question because there were like some of the guys use these cool techniques of like thinking through everything that they did, they would normally do in a day. Like, so I get up, I brush my teeth, I put on my clothes, I go to work, this is what happens in my work, you know, they, so they broke it down. So they were like, Rick did that, the barrister number 18, he was able to do that. And I was like, I remember thinking afterwards, that would have been so, such a cool thing to do. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> so when you asked me that, I just kind of thought, I don't know why necessarily this popped into my head, but um, there's a great track by Hosier, Take Me to Church, mm. which um, was the, um, soundtrack to an amazing um, video that um, Sergei Polinin did. Uh, he's a male ballet dancer. Right. Have you seen it? No. Go, go and look at it <laughs> on YouTube. It's the most incredible thing, honestly, you've ever seen. So he does this unbelievable piece of choreography to that track and it's insane. I can't even describe it. Um, the things that he can do with his body. What's his name? Sergei Polinin. Just if you Google, um, watch it on the way take home. Me to, if you Google "Take Me to Church" on YouTube, it will come up because okay. it's so well known. It's just amazing. So, and I've watched it thousands of times. So actually, if that was on in my ears, I think I'd just be able to like visualize the whole thing on a loop. That might help me. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think? The Eagles take it easy. <laughs> Chill. <Good job. laughs> Keep you chilled. I think I'd yeah. have to go for Bob Marley, something like that. <laughs> think about love. <laughs> Get me out of a dark place. Um, what about, so bar, you just mentioned ballet there, which bar is pretty closely close related. Yeah. Tell people that don't know what bar is. Yeah, so bar is essentially um, kind of how a ballet dancer would train to dance. Okay, right. So ballet dancers spend hours doing what's called bar. So they're at the ballet bar and they're going through all their dis different positions, um, different movements. Most of it's fairly static, but there's some kind of dynamic aspects to it. So bar is kind of is, is um, developed from that. So the, the original pioneer of bar was a woman called Lottie Burke. So she was a German ballet dancer and she retired and wanted to maintain her physique and her strength so she basically developed what became the first ever women's organized women's exercise so this is like before calisthenics before green goddess any of that kind of stuff right. so she had a studio in manchester street and she basically developed this method where you know derived from different bar oh, positions so that's in the 60s right. um and um yeah, so, so I trained in the Lottie Burke method. So um, I, think I, I'm, I think I'm pretty much the only um, Lottie Burke trained studio owner in the country. Um, there are other trained Lottie Burke instructors, um, but they kind it's of just float around. But, yeah. They, yeah, but, so, um, but they don't have their own studios that you could actually take a class at, if that makes sense. So, yeah. um, so I, I trained in that method um, about... 12 years ago and 
Um, and then I've kind of, I've done a lot of training in New York where bar is massive. So the Lottie Burke method was taken to New York in the like 70s. Um, and it was like, it was a real cult thing then. Right. So it had its heyday in the 60s and 70s with like Britt Eklund, Barbara Streisand, Joan Collins, you know, all the models, all the kind of movers and shakers of, of the day. And um, queues around the corner in Manhattan for the classes, you know, it was like a real revolutionary thing. A lot of bodybuilders used to see them, I think, didn't they, for the, to work on their poses and yeah, stuff like yeah, that, Yeah, yeah, probably. Um, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, I think Arnold Schwarzenegger's done a bit of ballet in his... In his past, yeah, there yeah. is. There's footage of him on that uh, on his documentary, Pumping Iron, yeah. working on his poses yeah. in, in a studio exactly yeah. like this. Yeah. Well, because what it does is it works a lot on your stabilizers, so you know, and on your ligaments, your tendons. You know, it's kind of the what well, I call it the glue that holds my body together. Yeah. And I, and you know, I think that's why I'm now able to lift quite heavy. Mm. It's been you know massive reason why I've, I've run five marathons. Um, you know all the other stuff that I can do and keep myself injury free like touch wood I haven't had an injury in years and years and years so here's a stupid question mm. um, is it called bar because of the bar the ballet bar pointing at yes. now yeah so it's B-A-R-R-E not B-A-R why where's that word from not where's it from but that's obviously that's not the English spelling of bar um I don't know maybe it's German it's probably French because most, most French. ballet but I mean I speak French I don't know it doesn't really resonate but um, but yeah it probably is French Just but yeah so so I trained I did a lot of training in New York um, I you know so so I've um, enhanced and improved the method turned okay. it into something a lot more substantial hardcore really um, than the Lottie Burke method so ever it's a was. T- tougher workout. Yes. Would you say? Yeah. And you know, we train Olympic athletes here, um, and elite athletes in different disciplines in amongst um, you know, a whole variety of different clients from their twenties up to their seventies. We do specific rehab classes, you know, we do classes for teenagers. Um, we also do ballet workouts and that they're taught by some of the best ballet instructors in the country. You do them so here. Yeah, so yeah, and we have instructors from who are ex Royal Ballet and English National Ballet, Russian Ballet schools. Wow, um, it's French. Yeah. So is it French? French, French, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, and we're coming into our tenth year, so having our ten year celebrations at the moment. Nice. Yeah. And it was you, you that started it on your own, did you? Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So um, yeah, so I set the studio up um, ten years ago, and I taught exclusively on my own for three years did 24 classes a week for three years without really a day off um and now i've got a team of oh my god i i i I always use the the number 10 but i think we're probably like 12 13 by now um and amazing instructors and um, shout out to jen by the way yeah big shout out to jen so i also have my own training program here so i can train up um, instructors in our method and they and that course is accredited and they'll get um, CPD points for, for that so that's that's how I know Jen because um, she came on the course like probably a year ago or so now and um, yeah yeah I remember she was going through through the training it takes took, took, takes quite a while doesn't yeah it? yeah so it's like a two-day course that you do here at the studio and then it's like a period of three months to that's right do all your practical training and assessment and stuff. So yeah, we're like we're, we're very, very hands-on um, and um, really supportive for like every 
trainee that comes through. We're not like churning them out yeah, by sure. the truckload kind of yeah. thing, you know, so. How exciting. Yeah. Where can people find out more about the studio? Uh, so online, you can have a look at our website, barworks.co.uk. Um, barworks. Barworks, yes. B-A-R-R-E-W-O-R-K-S. Yeah. Yeah. .co.uk, yeah? Yeah. Yeah. And you're Excellent. on Instagram, Facebook. Yeah, on Instagram, places. on Facebook. Yeah, exactly. It's um, Vicky, how do you pronounce your Anstey. surname? Vicky Anstey. Anstey, yeah. A-N-S-T-E-Y. Nice. Vicky, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, Likewise. thanks a lot for your time. Thank for you. Your time. Thanks, I've loved it. It's been fun to chat. Yeah, well done on, I think, yourself and um, everyone else on, on the show. Definitely moved the needle for the things you're you're talking about with the not even having to have a conversation about men and women let's just have a conversation yeah. about people yeah good. yeah i think you've helped move the needle a little bit on that i hope so, so. good on you thanks thank yeah. you very much cool <gasps> cheers so there you go folks that was vicky vicky thanks again for coming on great story really interesting stuff kudos again to you for what you did for how far you got and to everyone else on that show for overcoming some shit that's it was an intense series and i have the utmost respect for all of you um including the special forces soldiers on that show who i want one of them to come on this show at some point i really love to pick their brains and hear hear their thoughts on everything in the show everything ss selection their mindset all of that we could learn so much more from them i think and um, I'd like to have a a long conversation with any one of them about that. So if you're listening, and you probably are, don't pretend you're not, come on the show, please, because um, we can all learn a lot from you. Anyway, uh, please subscribe, please give us a rating, please give us a review, all that good stuff, and we'll see you again real soon. Thanks, y'all.